in this time together, I actually wanted to, to be a little encouraging uh, in our time as we think about Good Friday in the midst of not being able to gather together, in the midst of not being able to uh, worship together, uh, being isolated. And so I wanted to talk about how the little things we do in our lives because of Christ's, uh, Christ's death, and ultimately on Easter, his resurrection, that we can understand that the things we do are magnified and blessed by God. And so I hope that this, this devotion of thought will, will encourage you and uplift you in this time. After World War II, Germany was decimated, and the citizens struggled to get the supplies they needed. Many of the buildings in Berlin were rubble and they needed outside help. Without that outside help, the city would starve. So the United States and the British military responded with an airlift in 1948. For 11 months, they airdropped tons of food to the two and a half million citizens of Berlin. One of the pilots for the United States was Gail Halverson. And after landing one day in Berlin, he was walking around and he saw these children gathered. And he was talking to them through the barbed wire. And they saw that they were hungry and they were needy. But they didn't beg and they didn't blame. He had this wonderful experience with them. And at this moment, he realized he had some gum in his pocket, so he pulled it out. He, he broke the two pieces into halves and he, he gave the, the, the little four pieces that he had to the children. And they were so excited to get it and they, and they smelled it and, and then they... And they put it in their mouths. He said this later, those kids looked like they had just received a million bucks. They put that tiny piece of paper to their noses, they smelled their aroma, they were on cloud nine, I stood there dumbfounded. Halverson was amazingly touched by the plight, and he promised the children he returned the next day, and he would drop gum for them. And they said, well, how will we know that it's you dropping the gum? He said, when I fly by, I'll wiggle my wings, and you'll know it's me. And so he began to buy gum for the kids from the candy rations of his buddies. And he tied that gum to handkerchief parachutes and Tudor's word after he dropped it, he wiggled his wings and, and the children knew that it was him and they were so excited as the gum and the candy fell to the ground. Well, when the other pilots heard this, they wanted in on this and so they started to do it as well. And within three weeks after he started doing this, it was actually sanctioned by the United States. They dropped three tons of candy on the city. And Halverson, because of this, became known as Uncle Wiggly Wings. You know, it seems like such a small deed, dropping candy to children. But I want to tell you that the small deeds that are done can make a difference. And even more importantly, Jesus tells us that they make a difference. They make a difference because Jesus amplifies, blesses, anoints our deeds when we're done, when they are done in His name and for His glory. And in this time of isolation, you may feel like you're not able to do much at all. But any small deed that you do, Jesus can turn into something profound and powerful. 
Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33, Jesus tells a parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Those who heard Jesus tell this story, tell these parables, understood the pictures that he was talking about. They knew mustard seed. They knew leaven lumps. Both were small. The mustard seed is the size of a freckle. The leaven no larger than the end of your thumb. God does uncommon works through common deeds. There's a true story of a doctor who was helping after Hurricane Katrina. As a physician, he gave his time and talent to treat over 12,000 survivors who ended up in San Antonio. One survivor passed on this riveting story to the doctor. The, the story is this, that this man was in the midst of the rising waters. And he was in his house and he had to, he had to swim out of his house to get away as the, the water was rising faster and faster. And he had two children clinging to his back and he found safe, re, safe refuge in the tallest building he could find. Soon others were joining him on this roof. They were all circled together, huddling with each other. They would be there for three days until they were rescued. After some time, the first day that they were together, the man actually realized that they were standing on a church. And then another lady looked at it and she said, you know, this is the church my grandmother and grandfather built many years ago. And they felt like they were on holy ground. See, those grandparents could never have known that when they built that church, when they helped to build that church, it would be used to save lives in that way. That it would be a refuge for people in times of trouble. They had no idea that God would use the work of their hands in that way. Nor do you, nor do I, when we do these small little deeds for God. But we know that that Jesus' death on the cross made a difference. And because of that, he can make our lives make a difference. You might be sitting there wondering, is my life really making a difference? I mean, I'm doing nothing. I'm just sitting in my home. What selfish act can I do to make a difference? But God would say to you this, do something, anything in my name, and I will bless it. I will bless the person to whom you do it. There's another World War II story about Bon Fox. He also was a pilot in World War II. One night he was on a mission and his gas tank was hit by some Nazi anti-craft guns. Yet his plane did not explode. He was able to land his plane safely. And the next morning, he came to the crew chief and he asked if he could have that German shell. He wanted it because it was a miracle. He thought that it didn't explode. Now, crew, crew chiefs explained, there wasn't just one shell. There were 11. But none of them had exploded, even though they hit his gas tank. When they opened up 
they saw that it was void of explosive charges. Instead, there were rolled up pieces of paper in each one. And when they read the piece of paper, it said this, This is all we can do for now. A courageous assembly line worker was disarming bombs and putting in these notes instead. He couldn't end the war, but he could save a plane, or maybe several planes. And what a small act it seemed, but what a difference it made for those planes that did not explode. God can do big things with small deeds. You probably know these stories well. God used a small boy with a pebble to take down a giant. God praised a single coin from a woman as a greater offering than that from the rich. And how about the carpenter dying on a cross? It seemed to so many like a waste of life. Only a handful of friends and family were there to be there to support him, to bury his body, but God used the death of Jesus to bring life to you and me. Small deeds can change the world. Sow the mustard seed, bury the leaven loaf, Loaf, make that call you want to make. Write that check God is telling you to write. Move forward in the ministry that God has put in your heart and in your mind. Be creative in this time of isolation. Start a conversation with someone, a co-worker, a neighbor, a family member that you've been wanting to talk to and tell them about Jesus. And we can meet again at church. Be thinking about that person that you would like to invite to church to hear the gospel. We all have something to use for God. Moses had a staff. David had a sling. Samson had a jawbone. Rahab had a string. Mary anointed Jesus with some ointment. Aaron had a rod. Dorcas had a needle. Small objects, but used by God in powerful ways. What do you have? It may seem small to you but put it in the hands of God. Commit it to the work of God and see what happens. God will empower your tiny deeds. God will bless whatever you give to Him to use for His glory. He cures the common life by assuring us that no one who lives for God will live a common life. With God's help, we will do anything but live a common life. As someone once said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Did you notice this, the one word that was going on and on and on? It's you, the word you. You and me, we can do these good things for the Lord. On Mount Chrysolite in Colorado, it marks the Continental Divide. And each Thursday in the summer, there's some 400 kids that make this 14,000-foot climb. They come from all over the nation to spend the week there at Frontier Ranch, which is a, a young life camp. They come for various reasons, but all who come hear about Jesus. And all of them witness the beauty of His creation from the top of Mount Chrysolite. One kid even counted how many steps it was. It was 8,000 steps to the peak. Well, on one of the, the climbs, there's a boy named Matthew, and they got to about step 4,000, and he wanted to call it quits. 
But the leader looked at him and said, I can't send you back alone. If you go back, everyone has to go back. And so at that moment, the other 399 kids began to encourage, beg, coax him to keep on going. Each step, they were encouraging him. They were, they were cheering him on. And they made it to the top. Matthew made it to the top. And when they finally made it to the top, all the other boys gave him a standing ovation for his effort. This is a picture of God's plan for your life and for my life. In essence, when one person seeks to turn their back on God, it affects us all in some way. We need to do our part to help to push people to Christ, to help push people to the top, to help push people to serve God, to make a difference with their life. Isn't this the attitude that Jesus had? Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, Jesus said, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Or if you're feeling like your life is ordinary, common, boring, without purpose, especially in this time of isolation, know that God's cure for the common life includes a strong dose of servanthood. And so we need to learn the balance between what our sweet spot is, where our, our gifts are, what we're good at doing, and what needs to be done. I mean, maybe you've been at church and you, you've noticed that there's been trash in front of the, the building, and, and you pick it up. I mean, you may not want to pick it up, but, but it needs to be done, and so, so you do it. Or, or maybe we're reorganizing the chairs, or we're setting up somewhere, and, and that's not what you always want to do, set up, but you know it needs to be done, and so everybody kind of pitches in together and serves in that way. Calling or, or visiting someone who is sick might not be what you feel is your giftedness. But sometimes, the deacons and the pastor, we need a little extra help. You might visit someone who is sick when we can finally do that again because you know them or they're close to you. Maybe you need to serve as an elder or a deacon. There's so much that God wants us to do for His kingdom. And when we return together, there are going to be many opportunities and many needs for all of us to serve together for the Lord. See, the world needs servants. People who are willing to be like Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus chose Nazareth, a small village, over the center stage of Jerusalem. Jesus, at times, chose prayer over sleep. He chose the wilderness over the Jordan. He chose sinful people over the angels. He came to serve. We may look at our church and think that our church is small and think, well, because our church is small, we can't do much. We can't do as much as maybe the bigger churches can do. But remember, God can do much with the little things. It is always about having an attitude of service. And when we give our service, when we give our church, when we give our lives to God, God will take whatever size church we have and it will make a difference in our community. It will impact people's lives and it will be for the glory of God. And God's name will be glorified through you and me and our church as we serve. When Jesus was on the cross, he was still thinking about God's will. He was still sharing the gospel with the thief. He was still thinking about his mother and his disciples. You and I can still be servants, even in this time of isolation. 
You and I can still help others who have needs. Maybe it's just a phone call to someone you think might be isolated by themselves and needs a little extra encouragement, needs to hear another voice. Maybe it's dropping off some groceries on the front step of someone who might need a little help in that way. Maybe it's helping someone with a little bit of money who, who lost their job and, and, and is struggling right now. Maybe it's just calling someone and praying for them because God has put them on your hearts. You and I can be a servant by offering encouragement and reaching out in these small ways. And God does great things when we serve Him in this way. Why would we do this? Because on top of creating us with a unique design for a unique purpose, we were created to be servants. And whether or not we want to serve that other person, we serve God by serving them. There's a remarkable story, true story of a man who acted like Jesus by humbling himself. It's a story of a, a rabbi whose son had this great problem. The, the rabbi didn't understand what was going on, but one day his son just went out to the backyard, took off his clothes, got down on all fours, and began to gobble like a turkey. And no matter what the rabbi did, his son wouldn't stop doing this. He called his friend for encouragement. His friend came and was talking to him and, and looking at the situation. And then his friend did this. He went out to the backyard, he took off his clothes, he got down on his hands and knees, and he began to gobble like a turkey. For a couple of days, he did this with the rabbi's son, and nothing changed. And one day, he looked at the rabbi's son and he said, do you think turkeys can wear clothes? And the son agreed. And so they put their clothes back on. And then this went on for a couple more days. And in time, the rabbi's friend was able to get his son back to normal. That's an amazing story. That's an amazing act of service. None of us are probably ever going to have to go to that great a length to be a servant. But more than anything, Jesus tells us to be a servant in loving those who are overlooked. By walking alongside those who are struggling. We need to understand that Jesus sits in the classroom with that lonely kid. He, he works in the offices with that different co-worker. He lives in our neighborhoods with that troublesome neighbor. So when we walk, or when we talk to the, the lonely student, or when we befriend the co-worker, or when we bring some encouragement to the neighbor, we are being a servant as Christ has called us to serve. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40, Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. You and I can and should do this, even if it doesn't fit in our sweet spot, even if it doesn't fit in our giftedness. If God puts it on our heart, then we should follow through and serve others by caring for their needs, for their hurts, for their pain, for their, their loneliness uplifting them and encouraging them. We need to overcome thinking that a certain action is below us. If God calls us to do it, nothing is below us. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6.3, If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. A good action not only brings good fortune, it brings God's attention. God notices the action of servants 
He sent his son to be one Jesus Christ, who allowed his hands and his feet to be pierced for us, who gave up his life on a cross, the death of a criminal, mocked and beaten and berated and killed. Jesus is the greatest servant who ever lived, who gave his life out of love for us. And he calls us to follow his example, to fall in line, to, to step forward and do what Jesus did. On this Good Friday, as we prepare ourselves for Sunday, Easter Sunday, may we take to heart that Jesus' suffering and dying on the cross was an act of servanthood. He came not to be served, but to serve, and he calls us to serve like him. And I pray that we would do that. Let us pray.